Hey there, my name is Chris Rivers. I'm here with Scott Freeman and Shannon Foster, and we want to thank you guys for joining us today. If this is your first time with us, welcome to Community Group Training. The goal of Community Group Training is to address challenges that group leaders face regularly and to help them feel competent to equip their groups well. Over the next few months, we're going to dive into some deeper and challenging topics that community group leaders have dealt with over the last couple years and that leaders have identified as areas in which they would like more support and training. The topic we're going to discuss Discussed today is miscarriage and infant loss. Okay, let's listen into our discussion. Well, Scott and Shannon, great to see you guys today. Shannon, why don't you introduce yourself and let everyone know your role here on staff? Thanks, Chris. My name is Shannon Foster, and I'm the Group Life Women's Minister at the Spartanburg Campus, and I also provide campus support for our children's directors. Yeah, really glad you're here today. Scott, why don't you kick us off? Tell us what we want our leaders to know coming out of this episode. Yeah. So today we're talking about miscarriage and infant loss. And this topic is very broad. You know, it ranges really starting with infertility, where there is a loss every month when a couple realizes that they're not pregnant. And then it goes to miscarriage all the way to having a stillborn child. And so, and every situation, honestly, is unique. Um, No two situations are exactly alike. So that does make this a challenging topic to talk about. But I think our main goal today is just to equip leaders to respond well when something anywhere along that spectrum occurs in their group Mm -hmm. or with someone that they're in relationship with and just equip them to, to handle it well. Not only as with all of these topics that we're going to be dealing with, it should not only make you a better community group leader, but just make you a better friend, family member, coworker, and neighbor, because you never know who you're going to come in contact with who may be dealing with this. That's right. Um, So Shannon, as we start in on this topic, I think it helps to look at what makes infertility, miscarriage, infant loss different. So how does this differ from other types of grief, like losing a spouse, a friend, or a parent? Yeah, thanks, Scott. So first, I think that it's a step in the right direction just to recognize that all of these are types of loss or something to be grieved. Because infertility and miscarriage are medically common, the impact can often be underestimated, leaving women and their spouses to feel like their grief is not validated. All have an expectation to hope to hold their baby in their arms at the end of nine months. But when that doesn't happen, there is a very real loss to grieve, even if it is a tangible and intangible loss. Infertility and miscarriage don't always get recognized as a loss to grieve in regards to the rituals our culture has around death and grieving. Another group life women's minister pointed out recently that there's usually no obituary, a funeral service, or receiving of friends, or even events that mark the death of a loved one. However, um, it's been humbling to see our, our members and community groups wrap around those families with meal trains and acts of service to meet some of those immediate needs that they might have. Mm-hmm. But then when you think about infant loss, that is tangible and often means that you get to hold your baby, whether they were born still or alive for just a few minutes, hours or days. Mm. It's been humbling to walk beside a couple of women who have experienced this type of loss. They both chose to have services for their babies. Mm. And another thought would be that grief share might be a good opportunity for families who've experienced this loss to consider. I've also spoken with a couple of families who participated in grief share after they experienced infant loss and found that processing such deep hurt in community was actually very helpful and healing for them. And I'm sure just with any kind of grief, different people deal with it in different ways. And I know both from people that I have been in this with and in our own family that the husband and wife 
handle it differently, you know, right. process a miscarriage or loss or infertility in different ways. And so I think it's good to keep that in mind. Obviously, as you mentioned, if a member of your group carries a baby to full term and experiences a stillbirth, you're aware that they're pregnant. You have probably had baby showers, had different things along the way with them, and you're obviously able to respond. But I know that families that experience early miscarriage may not have even advertised that they were pregnant yet. They may not be as easily identifiable. How can we be aware as leaders that maybe a couple is struggling with this when they haven't self-identified that? Right. So I think a part of the reason that we aren't always made aware is because families are unsure if their loss will be validated by whoever they share it with. Mm -hmm. But I do think that our community group structure lends itself so well to vulnerability and support. So most families who are in groups are often easily identified. Mm -hmm. There's a chance, though, that you might hear about a community group member's loss before they tell you. I don't think you have to wait for them to tell you before you engage with them about their loss. Mm -hmm. We could miss a group in our church that might not be in a community group yet for various reasons. So I think it's important for us to act quickly when we do hear, even if that's letting another family know who might have expressed interest in supporting these families because of their own experiences. And then it's also important to remember to let your group life pastor know as soon as you hear about a family's loss. Yeah. We often feel the pressure, I think, as leaders to say the exact right thing in a tough situation. What are some things that we might say with the best of intentions that are actually more harmful than helpful in a situation like this? Yeah, so of all the conversations that I've had with women who've experienced this type of loss, all have shared that they were caught off guard by some of the things that people have said. And you're right, all with good intentions. So some of those things include at least you are young or you can always try again. God will give you a baby one day and then... There's one for women who already have children, like at least you have one child or you have children already. Mm. So while all of these are true, they actually diminish the loss instead of validating it. Mm. We want to say things that will help the family know that we are with them in their grief. Shannon, in the last episode, when we were talking about the topic of suicide, we mentioned that throwing Bible verses at someone or quoting scripture, while very true and maybe appropriate later on in the moment, that is not necessarily the right thing to lead with. And again, like you said, you may say some of those things with the best of intentions and you're trying to put a positive spin on it, but really just being there with them and mm -hmm. empathizing with them in their grief is what they need. Right. I think we may not really know to ask permission to ask what we actually can say, but that is one of the most simplest and caring things that we can do in any situation when someone is grieving. So I think it'd be helpful to walk through some things that you can say it could be as simple as, I'm sorry that you're going through this, mm. or I can't imagine how this pain must feel right now. And recently, I read a book by Rachel Lewis called Unexpecting. She asked moms and dads who have experienced miscarriage and infant loss to share the one thing that they would say. And I think these are great for anyone walking along someone who is experiencing this type of loss. And I'll tell you a couple of those. Some of those include, I know you're feeling 100 things at the same time and don't know how to process it. Take each moment and feel each feeling as it comes. One really important one that I've seen on multiple lists is this is not your fault. You didn't do anything to cause this miscarriage. Yeah. And then you can say some really practical things too, like I'm going to bring you dinner at 530 tonight mm -hmm. so that they know what to expect. That's great. I think the idea of telling them that it's not their fault, that they didn't do anything to cause this is so important. Because in the midst of that, it is so easy to think about mistakes you've made or sins that you've had in the past and think, okay, this is God punishing me. 
And it can be helpful to give that spiritual truth that that's not how God operates, that you didn't cause this. This is not the result of something that you've done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I imagine that as we become aware of someone in our group who has experienced this, there's probably some immediate things that can be done, and then there's more long-term ways of shepherding them. What are some ideas that we could keep in mind there? Right. So just quickly, I would say a couple of things that we shouldn't do is don't ask them what they need or tell them to call you if you need anything. Mm. And another just really simple one is don't drop by unannounced yet. Some immediate care for someone in your group would look like, first of all, and I've said this before, but always let your group life pastor or campus pastor know as soon as you find out if they weren't the ones to notify you first, there's some care that they'll offer as well. But as their community group leader, reach out as soon as possible, at least within 24 hours of hearing of their loss. Use a list of things to say if you aren't sure. I've had to use this myself, and I'm very grateful for it. Make sure you pray with them and tell them that you are bringing a meal or go ahead and line someone up who can. Mm. Sending flowers has been something that our community group has done a couple of times, and women have loved that as well. Go ahead and create a meal train, but make sure that you lean on them for the timing and when to start. Mm. And then have a woman who has experienced the same kind of loss reach out to them with a phone call or a handwritten note. This has been very impactful for some women at this Barber campus. Yeah, I think just people knowing that they're not alone. And there's no right thing to say in a moment like that. And I know I have been in situations where I've had to shepherd people and I'm scared that I'm going to say the wrong thing. But we can't let that paralyze us into not saying anything at all. I think that would be even more hurtful if you just kind of brush it under the rug and don't say anything versus trudging in and and taking the risk of maybe saying the wrong thing. Yeah. Well, I like this because I have some steps. Like Mm -hmm. these are things I can practically do versus there's no plan. Yeah. And I think there's some short-term immediate things, but there's also some long-term ideas you want to take into consideration too. And this one's really simple, but take out a calendar and just Put the date mm. on your calendar mm. yeah, and then good. write it on in there again for a month, six months or a year. And it just gives you an opportunity to be intentional about reaching out and checking in with the family. Mm. But the family gave the child a name, mention him or her by name. Mm. I've heard this so many times. It's important for a family that they hear their child's name and, mm. and it's a way to honor them. Mm. Marty Spurgeon from the Piedmont Women's Center wrote a curriculum to help women process their loss and grief. She has graciously shared it with us. If you think this would be helpful for a woman in your group, reach out to your group life women's minister, and she can give you some more information about how you might use that with someone. Yeah, that's great. Last, I want to share, at Spartanburg, we created a care team with the guidance of our campus pastor. It's made up of women who have experienced infant loss and miscarriage and have a heart for walking alongside Mm -hmm. other women. They have helped tremendously with brainstorming ways to care for these families, and I just wanted to share a few of their ideas as well. One idea is to create a gift basket to take to the family. The basket would include books or devotionals that they found helpful, handwritten notes from other women that who've experienced some kind of loss, DoorDash gift cards, just really any kind of goodie that might be comforting mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. We've provided a list of books, too, that would be good to include in the basket. This group of women is willing to meet with the community group to answer any questions that might help practically support the family who's experienced loss. That's great. Kudos to the Spartanburg campus for taking care of these women in that way. I know that we have families at all of our campuses who have experienced this, and 
might be something that other campuses can keep in mind as far as creating a team like that. But hopefully, as leaders, you've heard through all of these ideas that you're not alone, that your campus pastor, your group life pastors, your group life women's ministers are all there for you when situations like this arise. And don't hesitate to reach out. You do not have to handle this by yourself. And so hopefully these are all great ideas to keep in mind. Hopefully you have learned some some ways that you can identify people who are struggling in this area, know how to care for them better. And Shannon, I appreciate your work and the work of yeah, thanks a ton. the ladies that you've met with, their willingness to share their experiences with you so that we can gain from that. Hopefully this will serve as a springboard for more conversations around this topic in the future. As we mentioned at the beginning, this is a broad topic with a lot of layers. We have included a document in the show notes that provides multiple links to books, articles, some of the things that we mentioned earlier that do address aspects of this that we didn't get to today. Thank you, Shannon. That was great. Thank you, Scott. Grateful to be here today. Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, we want to thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to a Group Life staff member or email us at grouplife at gracechurchsc.org and we'll get you connected. Thanks for joining us today and we look forward to joining you on the next episode.